Over the last several weeks, I've been juggling this tension as a minister and as a dad. Uh, This tension that comes from this moment of having my kids at home and having this intense season of ministry. And I've been trying to navigate it, and I found someone who I think is navigating it with a lot of authenticity and a lot of insight. I think it would be helpful for all of us to get to hear from him. Now, I'm just going to let you know, this episode is going to be a little bit longer than our episodes normally are. So in return, I'm going to give you a break. We're only going to do two episodes this week. Just count this as a double episode, a double blessing with our special guest. You're listening to Ministry During the Disruption. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Steve Tamayo, and joining me in our virtual studio today is InterVarsity's National Scripture Engagement Specialist. He's been on staff with InterVarsity for 15 years, was involved before that, lives in eastern Iowa, although he's originally from the south side of Chicago. He's married, has two kids, has a 16-year-old cat and a 12-year-old dog. I didn't actually ask him how old his kids were. That says something maybe about my character and personality. Welcome to the podcast, Tony Gatewood. Good to be here. Good to be here. I probably should have clarified that they are, uh, what is that, Uh, four and nine right now, but it's good to be here. Four and nine. So so what is it like to be in eastern Iowa with a four-year-old, a nine-year-old, a 12-year-old dog, a 16-year-old cat, a wife, in your house. What's that like? It's not quiet. I have uh, four feelers in the home and one non-feeler type of person. I happen to unfortunately be the non-feeler type. So oh, I would have assumed it's the cat. <laughs> you would think so. No, the cat is the cat is a snuggles. It's just a snuggly oh. cat. The dog is snuggly. My kids and them like uh, feelings my wife is. And then I'm the one that's like, oh, great. Everybody wants to hug me. I have feelings about that, you know, so it's, 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 it's good. We, you know, you learn how to work in your own little biosphere, but we all find our, our space and place and, um, you know, we're, we're holding, we're holding down our rights, Steve. Well, let me ask you this. So you talk about finding your own space and place. And I heard a story about you finding a space and place for ministry that, I think is pretty unique. I would love for people to hear about. What did you do when you heard campuses were closing down? It was crazy uh, just to even um, to talk about it because, right, I work nationally with InterVarsity, so I don't have a direct campus. But when I heard that campuses were closing, initially I was a little nervous because, one, I happen to be immunocompromised. So I have diabetes. I've had pre-existing conditions. So I think my response was like, what can I do, even though I know physically I'm limited? I usually serve, I've served at Salvation Army to serve food before, can't do that. Um, I I serve with uh, this group called Kiwanis that works with youth and kids, can't be around there. And 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 I sat there and I was trying to figure out what can I do that can at least start a fire of hope, right? And the thing that really hit me was think about revival happening. There's a moment where the people of God becomes desperate. And I felt like, I was like, this is that moment. You felt that desperation. I felt desperate. And so 
it was instantaneous. It clicked for me that I was like, what if I did something that that countered that desperation and said, okay, God, if we're on the cusp of revival, maybe I can just start fanning flames and stuff. I tend to be the person where like, if a war is happening, I love being vanguard. You, you like to run run into the fire, run into the, the chaos. But so, so you have this impulse to run into it, mm-hmm. but this particular crisis, because, because of your immune system, you can't, you can't go to the hospital. Exactly. You can't go to the Salvation Army, as you said, Kiwanis, as you said. So what was it that you did? I just sat there. I was just like, I felt like God has called me to teach, preach, coach, and train the word. And it's not, and it clicked to me that like, the, the 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 media platforms we have still allows for the word to go forward. That like I don't have to be present for a person to be affected by God's word. I just need that to go, and I think that can reach for further. And so I just wanted to that first week. How can I just start the whole like, yeah, we can still do this. You know what? Yeah, like God can still move. And so. I remember, I remember, yeah, I just remember that there were some things that, that that motivated me. I just wanted to see something happen, and I wanted, to, I knew the work can go forward. We're a part of a long history of people using technology to move the word forward. In, in fact, I, I think, I, I don't know what you think of this, Tony, but you're the National Scripture Engagement Specialist, so maybe you can correct me if, if my story is wrong. But, but the Apostle Paul is sitting there, and he's like, I really want to preach a message to these people who live in Rome. I really want to preach them this long message, really complex, nuanced things. You know, I really want to preach them this message, but I'm not in Rome right now. And so he uses the technology available at the time and writes Romans. And then yeah. it, it, it travels to Rome on the Roman road, yes. more technology. And it circulates around as people are kind of writing it or putting it through printing presses, mm-hmm. you know, hundreds of years later. And, and flies mm-hmm. across the world. And so we have a tradition of mm-hmm. leaning into technology. So it, it makes perfect sense that there'd be an opportunity for the word to go out through technology. So Tony, what was it that you did with that technology? I wanted to get the word out on kind of some social media platforms that I was leading the Bible study. The first scripture that kind of came to my heart for me, and I know others didn't adopt this too, was the seven signs of John's gospel. Because I was just like, all I'm seeing is hope and despair. God, what sign can you give us of the reality that you are coming, right? That you're going to reveal your glory of revival. Seven Signs of John stood out a lot to me. So I wanted to start promoting. I, I actually started with a question. I was like, anybody, I, I was like, I can get, I, I just put online, if you are concerned or nervous and you're just looking for a little hope, would anybody be interested in gathering together around the word? And, you know, people give you some likes and hearts and thumbs up and stuff. And then at that point, you have to make a choice. Are you going to follow through with this? Are you going to try to do something? And so I remember praying and just saying to myself, what could I do to kind of light the fire? And so I just was like, okay, there's a list that was going around among staff of like who's doing online Bible studies. And I just picked the time and I just said Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Uh, Wait, 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 wait. So you were going to do five days a week? 
I started at least with the my initial flame was no, like no, yes. no. What you're yes. just telling yes. me about the plan? Yes. The plan, the plan never stays <laughs> the, the same, right? The plan yeah. always changes. <laughs> okay, so the initial plan was I'm gonna do this five days a week. Initial I'm just gonna plan. make myself available. I'm ready. Boom. I'm ready. Every and you five. did that, and you did that before you'd had anyone sign up. You'd had some likes yeah, and hearts, I but yeah, that's yeah, not yeah. the same as like, hey, Pastor Tony, I'm gonna be there, like. Open the door, right? Like commitment starts with me. I have to ask myself, what am I willing to do? Commitment starts with me. Oh yeah. It had to. It had to start with me. And even going forward, the lessons learned I had is that like consistency like keeps commitment going for others too. So like commitment starts with me. One, consistency to the commitment in like I think my wife said is encourages others to know that it will be there. And so that was some of my initial lessons learned. Like I said, I'm the vanguard. I jump over the wall. I can get hit with arrows first. Then I go, oh, man, I got a couple of arrows in my body. Maybe I should calculate a little bit more of my plan and stuff like that. But the vanguard is important because the vanguard is usually the tip of the, like a flying V of birds. The front bird takes a lot of the weight of the wind resistance, but it's actually helpful that you have that front bird because it gives everybody else rest, gives everybody an easier path to get through. So I get that like. So show me, so, so, so show, show me what it looks like. So so the front bird goes out, goes out the, the first soldier jumps over the wall. Like what was that first Bible study like, that first small group like? Did anyone show up? You know, I had 16 people. Like 16 people 16 showed up. People showed up. I just said, "Hey, you know," and I th- and and what was crazy about it was that I had some donors show up on it. I had some donors show up. I had some students. We had people as far as Toronto, like there there's people in Canada, there's people all around the country who just showed up and nobody knew each other. It wasn't like this whole like my group you of were friends. the common link you were I the, was common literally link. the common link amongst everybody and uh what was hilarious is that the bible study went well and one of the comments that people had they were just like how are we how do i feel like i'm in community when i don't know anybody on this call and i thought that was i was like because of the word I was like, I was like, because the word is what unites us. And when we all kind of like make our hearts sensitive to what God has to say, it's surprising that an online Zoom call can become an oikos, can become a household. So they felt that. They felt that they, in that they, that first call, that Monday night, they felt. They felt. Wow. They and you studied. That. You studied John 2, the uh, Jesus turns the water into wine? We did turn, Jesus turns the water into wine, and then we did the uh, the official, the uh, royal official. And I forget, I, I, I got like three Bible study guide things on my plate. You did, I, three, you did three I did signs three in, a row. In, one, in one meeting? I did three signs in one week. Uh, in, in, in oh, yeah. Three that, that was your Monday, no, no, Tuesday, yeah, Wednesday. I did Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And and so like I had a couple of, it was what was interesting for me is that like also the breadth of the different people. So you have some people who are like serious studiers of, of scripture and they really get inner varsity's methodology. Um, and then you have some people who are like, I'm wrestling with my faith. I'm kind of trying to be open to what God may have to say. I'm not that studious. And a lot of my own kind of innovation about scriptures, how do you bring everybody around the table well and i i want to see if this word this phrase that i've heard i think this is your phrase biblical proclamation is that yours? yeah 
I would call it I, I call it inductive proclamation or scripture proclamation. Indu inductive, yeah, inductive proclamation. proclamation. That's what yeah. it is. I'm I'm sorry I didn't have it no, right, Tony. It's, it's, it's fine. I that started like it's hilarious. These I thought this whole idea of inductive proclamation it was a pet project. It was just something where like I when I first came onto staff it was around 2005. I got sent as an intern to the Southeast region and I was working at historically black colleges and universities. And I, I, I didn't know that. Were you, were you in, uh, at the AUC? Where I were was, you that was my space, man. Oh, that was yeah. my space. Okay. Morehouse, Clark oh, Atlanta, yeah. Spelman. I went around with, uh, Miss Felicia Anderson, who yeah. cousin Alex Anderson was the former BCM director. She took me to, uh, I visited Tuskegee, Fort Valley State University. I was doing HBC work. Um, my first four years in in the, in um, in the city in Atlanta, Georgia, and uh, I brought I, I had a lot of basic like classic I call it classic manuscript training, and I get observe interpret apply I've done those different things before. And when I came to these historically black colleges and universities, I realized that the method was good, but there was something that was a little off in terms of their ability to adapt to it. It required a, a more contextualization than I. I think they felt comfortable, but I was sitting, and I'll try to be really quick. Uh, I was sitting in his church service, and I saw this pastor leading a Wednesday night Bible study service, um, and he led it in a inductive way, but with a black preaching experience. Exactly. Yes. And and I sat there, and I was like, "Yes, this something's here." And so I bought this book. I have this book called. Um, it's called the hum and it talks about participant proclamation the that's the phrase that he, the book used to talk about the experience of engaging with scripture and it made me come up with this theory that like i that i built inductive proclamation on which is people study the word people study scripture the way that they have seen scripture exposited or preached when I realized that I was I was wondering how can I bring some of the adaptations of this charismatic proclamational tradition that overlaps with other cultures with the gifts of what I think is found in like the intent, thoughtful working through the word, which is what I think of when I say inductive. How do you think about the context? How do you ask relevant questions? How do you apply it specifically to your life? How can I do that without checking my culture at the door? And, and I think there's this thing that's happening online where people are finding that that open discussion uh, doesn't doesn't work the same way online as it does in person. And that actually a little bit more proclamation, a little bit mm -hmm. more guidance in some ways with a lot of gentleness and tenderness, a little bit more authority is really helpful. And that might actually be a gift from BCM, from the black church to online ministry and online movement. So I don't know, was that a part of your experience on this Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? Yeah, I think um, one, because people are hurting and there is a direct like pain, isolation, you don't find that many apathetic people engaging in a Bible study in this season. There's you no know? reason for them to show up if they're apathetic. Yeah, they, don't, they won't log on if they're too apathetic. Right, so it's actually, we are find. I'm finding how captured of an audience, no pun intended, of course, um, but like how much of the audience's folks, they come in looking for something. I logged on and I came to this Bible study because I'm looking for something. What's interesting from this that, that first week is that like two of the people 
maybe two or three of the people who would end up part of that first week of Bible study wind up leading Bible studies on their own. Oh, wow. Yeah, they they went and they, they were just like, I want to lead seven signs with my friends because they're like, I experienced hope. I think they need this too. And I was, I wasn't expecting that. That, that wasn't something that I was, I wasn't doing it for that reason. Well, and I think it speaks a little bit to this fear that we sometimes have with a proclamation style is -hmm. that we're like, you know, if I do a proclamation style of leadership, if I'm a little more assertive in my leadership, people are going to think this is Tony's study and, 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 only someone with Tony's level of wisdom, insight, experience can lead a study, and right. I need to get people to Tony's study. But actually, what you're saying is that 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 God could use this to create space for other people to take their own initiative right. and do and, it. And I would even throw into the fact that like the style of study isn't just only me preaching. What I what I've done is that like what people, what people like, so take an individual study when you're talking to people individually in the setting of a Bible study. In a classic style, you give people time to be silent, to engage with the text by themselves. And then there's a process of engagement where people are looking and they give observations looking at the, uh, the, the person who's leading the study, right? It's a very Western academic style that we usually do things in. Um, when you're online, you're not just looking directly at one person, the leader of the study. You're looking at the whole group all together. So in some ways, you are in a collaborative environment, whether you like it or not. And this is actually creating a space for the sort of study which maybe you would want to have in person. Exactly. Always really hard to have in person. And you're kind of leaning into this online environment in a special way. It's, it's, it's great. Yeah, I want to ask you a question about something else that I heard. So another part of the story, which I think is, I think people really need to hear. So you led Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you kind of, you jumped in, jumped over the wall and said, I'm going to do this five days a week. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you said, I'm going to do this five days a week until campuses are open again, or I don't know if you gave yourself oh, a timeline. Yeah. That, that sounds like me. People who are listening to this and know me, they're like, that's Tony. That's what Tony did. <laughs> so that was the plan. But mm-hmm. then what actually happened? life you it's interesting that like my family needed me as well and you know my my wife specifically we both ha- are working remotely and i put a lot of weight on her when i made that commitment as well and here's the what vanguard people you get hit with arrows and you don't always use kind of like a uh, good methodology you don't mind breaking down the wall but sometimes you don't do that so well and i don't think i did that well initially and i realized that my wife had a lot of pressure of taking care of the kids and putting them to bed um feeding them a dinner and stuff and i had a choice to make for myself i'm like you know i'm glad i'm serving god quote unquote right i'm getting to serve god but like what can how can i orient myself not only to the call that god has on my life but how do i orient myself to others because the, the, the I think the, the fault of mine, and I, I don't even mind saying it, the sin of mine in this process is that like I oriented myself around my ministry, but like that was selfish as well too, because it made me feel like I had something to give. And as I oriented myself, stopped doing that a little bit and said like, hold on for a second, let me start, revival starts with me, right? 
all those things start with me. How do I make sure that my family is, is flourishing and allow the flourishing of my family to empower the work that I want to do and, and, and kind of continuing this work online? And I realized that going, going, five, going five days a week wasn't going to do it, and I needed to become available for my kids and for my wife. So, Tony, I think that's really important for people to hear because I think there are some of us, and if you're listening to this and you're a student or you're a faculty person or you're an university staff, you may have the same wiring that Tony and I have where you're like, let's charge forward. And there may be people to your left and to your right, people on your team, people in your family who need you. And and you need to feel the freedom to say, you know what? I can be here for my wife. I can be here for my kids. I can be here for my parents. I can be, you know, I can be here for my boyfriend or for my girlfriend or, you know, for this person who needs me in my neighborhood or in my apartment building. And, and that, that too is ministry. I mean, does it feel a little bit like ministry when you're like, you know, giving the two-year-old the bath or like feeding the dog and, you know, like sitting and talking to your wife? Does it feel, it, it's different, but does it feel a little bit like ministry? Well, it is ministry, and yes, um, I think sometimes we work too much in our own power. I have zeal, yeah, I have zeal, but zeal does not equal sustainability. In some ways, what in me serving and loving my family, I'm giving them the opportunity to pour back into me as well. My daughter has the best timing in asking the question, how are you doing, Dad? I don't even ask myself that question when I'm pushing in ministry, like to stop and cease and say, how am I doing? How, like in my daughter, she's she's very open to God. And she's like, how, you know, she wants to know what your soul is feeling like when I'm com- connecting with my community, when I'm connecting with the things that give me uh, the cycle of rest and relaxation uh, retreat, it allows me to advance further. So. The way you build a muscle isn't just by straining yourself to continue to lift. What you have to do is you you do the exercise of 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 straining yourself and working and building and breaking down a muscle, but the muscle doesn't build until it has the ability to recover. My fault in my own in my own leading is and sometimes is that I have to allow recovery to happen in order to be stronger for the next push and to be smarter as well um, for the next stage. So you have so you have this huge launch successful ministry uh, start. You see multiple people start their own groups, and then you step away for a day, a, a couple days. I don't I don't remember how long it was. I, I saw about it on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What happened now? Are you still leading a, a Bible study? Like do you still have something in the works, or was it a like? three-day thing the Lord wanted you to do and it turned out that's all he needed from you or or is he continuing to invite you to do something at a more sustainable pace uh, yes I would I would I would say that God transformed that zeal into a sustainable ministry ministry uh, experience I think God was like I don't need you to fill up every <laughs> every night and then also I don't need you leading in every situation in order to help ministry move forward Bo Crisetto, who's doing a fantastic Seven Signs of John Bible study. Out of uh, Louisiana, plantlouisiana.com. 
He's been having, yeah, exactly, right? Go Tigers. That's for you, to, uh, uh, that's for you, Bo. But um, he's been doing a large Bible study, and I came in to kind of help. And so, like, I'm just a breakout group person. I was a breakout group person to kind of help him talk about the Bible study in the midst of that. Um, every every Wednesday night, I'll be leading a national Black Campus Ministries Bible study for any student, um, Black student around the country, and we'll be uh, we'll be going through kind of the three discourses in Matthew's gospel. Um, and so then I, for, for those people, like, I, I feel like God has given me the energy and opportunity. He just wants me to put those in a better space and place. And so I'm opening up Wednesdays at noon. If anybody just want to have spiritual conversations for people who don't follow God. And then Fridays, probably doing an open Bible study. You know, if I'm getting, if basically it's like, am I tithing about an hour or two of my day for the most part, um, leading people in scripture, that's probably my average. And so like I'm daily in the word. Um, I'm giving space for my family. I'm giving space for, uh, I, I'm the one who cooks dinner for the most part at home. So um, uh, my kids said to me, I made them some food and they said it was a blessing. They were like, wow. they said, wow. they said this is really good. You're really gifted at this. So it must be a ministry, right? It must yeah. be a ministry yeah. if I get to bring talents and gifts and passions in order to help my family take the next step. And I feel their energy then propelling me to be able to do the work that I do in a more sustainable way. There's a sense of humility that like even now God can make his word move forward and he could even use us in that process. It's just our privilege to be a part of it. He can use you as you lead an online Bible study. He can use you as you're hanging out with your kids, cooking dinner for them. He'll find a way to include you in the good stuff that he's doing because he loves you. And, and that's something I think I think we need to remember in this time. Well, well, Tony, we kind of have a little tradition we're forming on the ministry during the Disruption podcast where we pray for our guest. Um, what's one way I could pray for you and your family? Uh, pray for my right wrist to heal. I had some tendonitis. It, I think it just kind of kicked in with the age. I don't know. <laughs> okay. So uh, clicking the mouse maybe a little too much. Maybe this is my jumping over the wall too fast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or or, or uh, the Lord giving you an invitation to slow down. Hey, there we go. Yeah. I'll take that. Yeah. I'll well, take but, that. But, but let's 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 pray. Let's pray and okay. ask the Lord to, to bring healing. Thanks, Steve. Um, Lord Jesus, thanks for the good work that you're doing through Tony through his spiritual foundations team, uh, through Black Campus Ministries, through his church, that you're doing all around the country, all around the world. And thanks for the great work that you're doing in Tony's home with his wife, with his kids, with his cat, with his dog. God, we ask that you would bless his family and that you would heal his wrist. Would you take the pain away? Uh, would you help him to feel flexibility? Would you give him the freedom uh, to to be with his kids, to do the work that you've called him to do, to cook, to do it without pain. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. 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 Thanks, Tony. This has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me.